mastectomy from the Urology Center of Iowa. For 75 years, NCMIC has been doing the right thing for its customers, employees, and the community. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Trent Condon, Ken Miller with you until the top of the hour. Momentarily, Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com, where he opines and writes on Major League Baseball. Bottom of the hour, Derek Duke, who covers the Big 12 uh, for Heartland College Sports. Uh, We've got a keyword coming up in about 25 minutes, but let's get to our friend Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com. Matt, Trent, and Ken, thank you, as always, uh, for coming on. How are you? I'm very good. I'm looking forward to a really low-scoring game and then a really high-scoring game. (laughs) Yes, probably the way it's going to trend. That's an excellent point. You know, before we get into that and look back to how we got to this part, I want to start with Mike Schilt, who was seemingly um, caught off guard. But boy, oh boy, uh, what what a show of class, I guess, best way to put it, on his way out. He could have unloaded, had an opportunity to yeah. do so. Uh, his par- he said his parents taught him to take the high road. That's what he's going to do. Clearly loves the organization. Um, you know, he was he didn't want it to end after 17 years in the in the organization. Class act, what went wrong, do you think? I mean, nobody's nobody's t- talking out of school, but what's behind it? Is Do analytics play a big part in this? I think that that's part of the equation for sure is that uh, the front office wants to be a lot more <clears throat> new school, quote unquote, and, and he's more old school on possibly things like double switches and bumps. I don't know. I'm speculating there. Um, maybe in lineup construction, <clears throat> but uh, some, some of the stuff we've heard is that there, he wasn't getting along with the players and mm. that's a big no, no. And today, and really, if you look at it, before they went on that ridiculous winning streak, I think you'd have to say they underachieved yeah, for sure. all year. Yep. Because almost all of us had them winning this Central this year, and they weren't really even in the ballpark until they had that winning streak, which you could kind of call it fluky in a way to win that many in a row. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, yeah, they made the playoffs, but it was just a wild card. Just a lot of different moving parts there, but I still, I will say, when I saw the news, I was shocked. So is there a candidate that is in-house? I've seen some speculation down in St. Louis about that, or is there somebody that they have their eye on that they're just anticipating is going to be there? Maybe somebody that's been out of the game and trying to get back in. What do you speculate? Who's there? Who they want? Yeah, it's all just been speculative so far as, Matt Holiday's name is mm-hmm. bandied about. He said maybe he'd be interested. He's like, he's an assistant coach for his brother at uh, Oklahoma State. I, I want to say right now, uh, Skip Schumacher, yep. very highly regarded in the organization. He's been coaching for a few years, so maybe they do something like that. Uh, it, it, my dark horse the pie in the sky is make Yadier Molina the player manager for one year mm. before he just takes over. Because I just would love to see a player manager again, but I, I think that uh, tradition has is gone forever. So I don't think that's going to happen. But I just wanted to throw that out there because it would be fun. I mean, I'm trying to rack my brain in the last one. with Casey Stengel? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't uh, know. Pete Rose. Pete Rose. Oh, there you go. Of course, Pete Rose. Yeah. Um, 
you know, okay, that's fine. I'm, I'm good with that. What I don't want is um, Adam Wainwright to come back on that roster. I want to listen to him call games. Boy, he was good. Yeah, he's good. He's really good. Uh, that booth for the yes. White Sox Astros with him and Pierzynski yes. playing off each other. And gosh, I'm sorry, the play-by-play, his, his name escapes me right now. Me but too. he was great, too. That was a great booth. Yeah, I mean that was that Wainwright's first go at doing that. I don't remember him. He did it last year. Oh, did he? He did it last okay. year with that same crew. But okay. yeah, other than that, that's a. But yeah, he's to be to be that good already. Mm. Man, yeah, Polished. it feels like he could be a really really good color man for a long time. You know, he. I looked it up because I was wondering. You know, once his career does come to an end, will we will he want to help uh, the baseball audience uh, help us up uh, with his view of the game, which is elite, clearly, from a pitcher's perspective, and he, com- and he explains it so well. But he's, like, made $160 million in his career. I mean, he doesn't need to work clearly. Do you think he will? Do you think he'll he'll want to? Yeah. you think he will? Good. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think it was Charles Barkley once who said something like, you know, it was nice to be retired and not do anything for like six to eight months. But after that, you're like, okay, I have to do something. Mm-hmm. So you have to have something to do. You can't just be really rich and sit around and do nothing all the time. So uh, I, you don't know if he would want to be like with a team all day, right. every day, because that, that, you know, somebody like Jim DeShays of the Cubs, who's great, but didn't make nearly that much when he played. Uh, but you know what I'd love to see? I'd love to see him replace John Smoltz. Uh, on the national oh. Fox, because all Smoltz does is complain these days, and it really just summed it up for me last night when uh, they said something about Joe Buck said something about being a pitching coach. He said, "Well, I would have loved to be a pitching coach, you know, years ago, but not." And, and he almost started to say how much he hates it nowadays. Hmm. And then they, Joe Buck laughed, and it's like, it, it, "Give me a Tony Romo type yes. in baseball who just loves the game and, mm-hmm. and is excited the whole time instead of complaining about nowadays players." Uh, and, and maybe Wayne Wright could be that guy. So uh, get a go to something that might ruffle Ken's feathers over there, but Alex Anthopoulos, what he has done with the Braves yeah. in season. You lose Ronald Acuna, one of the best players in the game, mm-hmm. and you go out and you get Eddie Rosario has a walk-off hit. You go out and build the roster with Jack Peterson and Duvall. And these parts that in the grand scheme of things didn't feel like they were huge, but building a roster says a lot there, and a guy that has done it a couple of different ways doing it again with the Bravos. Yeah, I like how he didn't just get one guy. Yeah, you know, like uh, the Yankees going out and just getting Anthony Rizzo. He went out and he had already added Jock Peterson for depth, but then the Acuna injury happened, and he goes out and he gets Duvall and Rosario and Jorge Soler, and says we're going to throw everything we can at losing our best player here because the division looks winnable. While other teams might have done some half measures there, and oh well. Yeah, we might win the division, but you know we're probably going to get bounced early, so let's not be too aggressive. And and it's, it's funny to say it now because they have a two-one lead in the ALCS, but it seems like the Red Sox were kind of all half measures at the trade deadline. Now it's working out so far, but the Braves were the total opposite of that. They were let's throw everything we can at this problem, and that it's great to see it working out. No, it really is. This has been a different baseball uh, team since the uh, trade deadline. Uh, of course, Anthopoulos has a huge decision to make in Freddie Freeman, uh, but there's some time to uh, before uh, they do get to that point. Let's stick with that series. What, what do you make of this? I think it would be unfair uh, to the Braves to say, ah, the Giants just took a lot out of the Dodgers this uh, this back and forth all season long. Because um, I don't I don't believe that that's the case. And we're but we're starting to hear that. What what do you yeah. make of the fact that the Braves? 
uh, do have the two nothing lead in this series at this point. You know, I don't, I don't feel like it's like football or basketball where you could be so physically exhausted from one five game series that it would carry over like that. I mean, they had a day off. You play almost every day in the regular season. I know it was a tough series, but it's not like they had a bunch of marathon extra innings games where they emptied all their pitching. Um, I do think Roberts, again, always trying to shoehorn these starting pitchers in relief. Uh, I I feel like it took something out of Scherzer for game two, and that's why he couldn't go any deeper. Uh, I feel like the Urias move kind of backfired on him. You don't know if he'll be compromised for game four now. Uh, everything should have been set up for the Dodgers to play well after game one in the series. But I just feel like the Scherzer and Arias moves kind of backfired on them. Uh, It's it's an uphill battle now. I I thought going into the series that the Dodgers were going to control them, but I said the Braves have to win game one if they want to have a chance. Well, they went out and did that, and they stole game two. So now the Dodgers have to win four out of five. It's doable. We've seen it happen before, and they're a much better team. But, man, it's hard to... It's hard to say that the Braves are going to lose four or five the way they're going right now. It's, it's going to be fun. I hope it goes seven. I'm, I'm with you. Know, just to just to back that up here, I'm going to sneeze. <laughs> going to sneeze. Um, just to back that up, uh, pinned at the top of your Twitter pages is, is Dave Roberts unnecessary yeah. shoe, shoehorning Kershaw into a game, and that's from uh-huh. 2019. So it's not like it the first Nationals time, game right? Five. I, it was Nationals Game 5, I called it. I said... Uh, it was the night before Game 5, and I said Roberts was going to shoehorn Kershaw into like the seventh inning, and he's going to blow it, and he did. He gave up the yep. back-to-back home runs to the Nationals. It's, I, I don't, it, it, it has to be coming from the front office, too. It can't just be Roberts. I, I mean, otherwise the front office would have come down before Game 5 and said, do not pitch Scherzer, really. <laughs> you know, uh, so I feel like the front office is in on it, but, man, it's just, He's got a full bullpen there. He could have easily finished Game 5 with Kenley Jansen the way he's going right now. Mm-hmm. It just seems like he compromised the next series. Trying to do almost too much over-managing yep. sometimes comes in, but yep. you're right. That is not just a strictly any more managerial decision. There's a lot more that goes into it. A lot more people kind of with their hands in the fire there as they go on. Over to the ALCS, and uh saw this number earlier this morning. Innings 1 through 3. Boston has an OPS of 1.327, oh Houston .462. Well, that's the story right there. And boy, if the bases are loaded, I don't know, maybe just walk a guy. you got to do something different because these grand slams are asinine. Yeah, I, I, I just filed my gambling column, and I said take the Red Sox to score first uh, on the prop. Mm. Uh, especially Zach Grinke's only thrown twice since September 19th, and it was 28 and 21 pitches. So he's already compromised. Uh, and just the way that offense looks right now, when you go Schwarber, Kike, uh, Devers, Bogart, who isn't even hitting right now, in the middle of all those guys, J.D. Martinez, Hunter Renfro, it just feels like it's only a matter of time before someone crushes a multi-home run bomb. And you're right, with the bases loaded. When it's 3-0 on Schwarber, if it's 3-0 on Schwarber with the bases loaded again tonight, I'm putting him on yeah. and walking in the run. Uh, what, what's his future? I mean, does, uh, has he shown the Red Sox? I mean, I know the fan base loves him. Uh, is he going to sign, do you think, in Boston at the end uh, when, when free agency opens up? Does Schwarber look like a Red Sox to you uh, going forward? Uh, it's possible. I think he, he's definitely grown his market. Uh, he had a bad 2020, but that was only 60 games. and We shouldn't be judging on that, and I think most teams are coming around to that. But if you look, 
his two career years now have been 2019 and 2021, his last two full seasons. And now he's added first base. Now, he'll make mistakes there every once in a while, but mm-hmm. you tried to teach him a new position in September. So, of course, he's going to make mistakes there. But he's shown that he can handle first base good enough to, to get by, even if it's just a few games a week. So I think when you see maybe the DH gets added to the National League next year, he could play left passably. He could play first base passably. There will be a better market for him especially didn't say Anthony Rizzo because he's he's four four years younger. So I think there's going to be a pretty good market for him. We'll see. I'm sure the Red Sox would like to have him, but this front office seems a lot more frugal than past Red Sox front offices. Dusty Baker trying to push the right buttons here. The whole rotation, relievers, everything is so depleted. Injuries piling up. Martin Maldonado, he's 1-21 in the playoffs. You have Jason Castro, who is no great stick by any means, but maybe a little something there. At this point in his career, is Castro a better defensive catcher? Maybe a guy that could help out the staff a little bit more? If you're not getting anything out of the bat out of Maldonado, is that a button that Dusty could push that would make sense? It's possible. I, I've, I found it weird that they were focusing so much on it last night on the broadcast because it's not like Castro's a good hitter, as you no. said. He's not that good of a hitter. But if you want to mix it up, absolutely. Uh, I also thought about the lineup some. I mean, Bregman doesn't look very good right now at all, and he's hitting third, and you've got Kyle Tucker down in the six or seven hole. I'd like to see Dusty do something to, to mix it up because they still have such a good offense, and you know at this point you're probably going to have to outslug them yep. uh, with that pitching staff. Being, and, and he's been sabotaged between Granke falling apart down the stretch and McCullers now getting hurt in game four. There's only so much he can do with his with his rotation. So. It isn't Dusty's fault on the pitching side, but maybe maybe mix it up a little bit offensively and try to see if, hey, we can score eight runs instead of five in this game or something. Yeah, and then Del Tuve just set the table, and he's not been good so far in this three games uh, against the uh, Red Sox. Last thing for me, and this uh, I'm guessing did not make the Yankee fans across the country happy, uh, Aaron Boone back at the helm for another three years. I was... I was uh, Surprised, I guess, putting him mildly, uh, that they brought him back. I thought that he might pay the price, although, you know, they had a lot of injuries throughout the entire season. Um, Boone staying with the Yankees, did that surprise you? Yeah, it, well, in a way it does, but in a way, in, in this, again, if you have Yankees fans listening, it probably makes them sad slash really angry, but it doesn't it kind of summarize the, the difference in the mindset of the Yankees yeah. these days? Because if this was Big George Steinbrenner, Boone would have been fired months ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead, you're looking at 2019 ALCS, 2020 ALDS, 2021 wild card. That looks like we're regressing to me, doesn't it? Um, and it's yeah, it, it's hard to figure that this is okay to to win 92 games and lose in the wild card game in your fourth year with a team that's built to win right now. But, uh, you know, that that appears to be where they are with, with Boone. And it's, like I said, it's totally different than it was what we what we grew up with. Matt, you, uh, mentioned, sure. you mentioned your gambling column coming up at CBSSports.com. That, of course, piqued my interest very quickly. <laughs> so I'm giving you a $100 bet, free bet here at the Connick Casino. Here's the current numbers to win the World Series from Circus Sports. The favorite right now, betting favorite, is the Red Sox, plus 210. Second choice, the Braves at plus 240. The Dodgers, plus 275. And then the Astros at plus 530. $300 bet. Where are you firing? 
It's tough because I just said I, it's hard to see them winning four out of the next five over the Braves, but I think I'll go Dodgers. That's if bet. they can ride the ship here in Dodger Stadium, those are good numbers. Yep, I totally agree with you. That's where I put my $100, but Trent offered it to you, so it's your bet. Uh, Matt <laughs> Snyder, we will uh, talk with you next week. Thank you, Matt. appreciate you coming on. CBSSports.com, where you can read Matt Snyder and all the wonderful uh, baseball writers at CBSSports.com. Thank you, Matt. All right, thank you. Good to talk to you, Matt Snyder. Uh, on MLB. You know, before we get to our keyword, mm-hmm. since this happened on Friday, and it's um, the Dowling Valley game was unbelievable. Oh, it was so much fun. You called it. Of course, yeah. uh, Surrency and Murph had the game. Uh, I'm so glad they did five games. Like, I love the radio. I like what you guys are doing. But just to turn on your TV and mm-hmm. see high school football, really uh, spotlighting the sport, I think that's great for the for the game. And what an incredible game it was. It really was. If you couldn't find the game, you were in trouble because right. it was on TV, radio. It was on radio. It was on video, on uh-huh. stream. You could catch it basically anywhere. And even with that, stands were packed. Yeah, I loved it. It was a great crowd, mm-hmm. a great environment, back and forth affair. It kind of shows you the culmination of high school football and what a high level it is. And there's dudes that are going to play at the next Jesus level. That there was a too. bunch of them. That also shows you the quality and shows the quality and how just overall the state of Iowa has built over the last 25, 30 years yeah. where you know, there'd be a couple of guys, oh, yeah, they get a chance to play at Iowa, Iowa, Iowa State. But you go deeper than that. You look at the kids that are going on. Notre Dame. Yes, playing at high-level programs and even having offers you know, in the MAC or going and playing at North Dakota State. You know, Places like that uh-huh. that continue to jump out year after year after year. It was the most entertaining game, one of the most entertaining games that I've ever called. So happy <laughs> to be a part of it. Just had a great time and smiling ear to ear to be able to be there and call that football game that Dowling Catholic does it again. And when we talk about Brocktober, November, yeah. we need a Tom Wilson uh, name for that because his teams peak every single year. I want to the see the them again, Trent. Mm-hmm. I want to see them again. I mean, Valley made a bunch of uh, you know, turnovers. They turned the ball over uncharacteristically, I'm guessing. That's yeah. not, not like a typical Swenson team. Boy, it was fun to watch. I watched more of that game. I, mean, I didn't think I'd watch hardly any of it. I couldn't turn it off. And how wide open it is now this year. Southeast Polk preseason mm-hmm. number one. They've taken a couple. Ankeny, boy, they were running high. And then Valley beats them 38-35. Not to beat them. But to put 38 up against that defense and on and on and on, as wide open as a big school class, now 5A, field is, we've had certainly in my memory, Mm. as long as I've been doing this, I don't remember. Normally it's, well, if it's not Dowling, it's right. It's not Valley, it's who. Right. And there's maybe, you know, Cedar Falls does have a good team this year, Bettendorf. You can make a strong argument for eight teams this year. Urbandale, that defense is elite, and they got a quarterback in the Riding House, kid. You look around now. As open as it has been at the big school class. So just the sheer volume of teams. It's great. Where will you and the Bull be this Friday night? Going to be back at Valley Stadium. Roosevelt playing for their playoff lives. Love they it. get the Valley Tigers, a huge matchup there. I'll be there along with CISN. You can catch the radio call on 96.9 The Bull, video CISN TV, and also another big city matchup. Lincoln going up to Ankeny to take on the Hawks victory the rail splitters will be into the playoffs so playoff positioning certainly the suburban schools are the favorites in both of the games but 
you never know any Friday night. No, love it. It's uh, fun. Uh, tip of the cap to, to Channel 13 for uh, jumping on board. You guys, of course, doing a good job for a long time. But good to see that they were presenting that game. And what a game it was as the two heavy heads uh, in the state back and literally back and forth mm-hmm. uh, down the stretch. God, it was entertaining. All right, eleven twenty-five. time for another keyword. All right, now it's time for your chance to win $1,000 in that $1,000 handoff. Text the keyword GREEN to 200-200 right now. It's your chance to win $1,000. GREEN to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. All right, we will talk Big 12 football with Derek Duke next. Trent, we said it yesterday. You can make the case that... Oklahoma State, Iowa State is the biggest game of the slate this week in college football. In college overall? football overall, I don't think top it's a three, it's, top one. Oh, uh, certainly top three. What else is even in the conversation? I'm trying to find a game that has playoff ramifications. Well, there's very few of those. I mean, if, or or division title ramifications. Even yeah, right. there's no playoff stuff. I don't think. Um, Wisconsin, Purdue. Yeah. Chasing Iowa. But that's an even close in the national aspect. Yeah, but then those are two teams. That, well, Purdue beat Iowa. They did. <laughs> um, Clemson, Pittsburgh. Clemson's not good. No. It is. And I don't know if Pitt's that good either. It's more of a product. The ACC stinks. Um, Oregon, UCLA. Maybe. That's where game day is going to be. Oh, I didn't know that. Is that yeah. where they're going? Good choice. <laughs> USC, Notre Dame. Yeah, Stinker. Doesn't have the same buzz. NC State, Miami. That's good where we for, are. Good, good for you if you've got the over in NC State as you get another, another game closer. As we look forward to what's coming up football-wise, if you have a weekend where you really owe the wife something, you really owe your significant... This is it. This is it. The Saturday slate's not good. The Sunday slate stinks, too. This is not overall. No, I never even looked at Sunday. Is it bad? We have three, three games in the NFL that a team's favored by more than two touchdowns in the NFL. Wow. Including the Bears against Tampa. Mm-hmm. How about this one? You ready? There's a stinker for you. The Rams hosting the Lions. Oh, God. 15's the number there. Well, it's the quarterback and the quarterback. It's Stafford Goff. So there's a little buzz, but it won't be much of a game. And the Cardinals host the Texans. Number 17 in that one. Look out below. Oklahoma State, Iowa State, as big as a game as there is this week in college football. I think Fox you need to go antiquing with, with Scrunch this weekend. No way in hell. <laughs> You know what I'm going to be doing. Uh, same as I do every single weekend. And grateful and fortunate enough to have an understanding wife that I do. Although her turn's coming. Uh, Miller and Condon, in a positive way. 1460 KXNO and 106.3. Trent Condon here for the Urology Center of Iowa. Now's your chance to sit on the couch guilt-free all weekend long watching football while you heal after your vasectomy from the Urology Center of Iowa. The doctors there perform my procedure in less than a half hour. Make the call to 515-400-3550. That's 400-3550 and online at iowauro.com. A guilt-free football watching weekend after your vasectomy. 
Are you missing out on life's activities because of hip pain? Ask your orthopedic surgeon about anterior advantage hip replacement. To learn more, visit aahip.com. That's aahip.com. The performance of hip replacements depend on age, weight, activity level, and other factors. There are potential risks and recovery takes time. Only an orthopedic surgeon can tell you if hip replacement is right for you. To find an orthopedic surgeon in central Iowa that uses anterior advantage hip replacement, go to a the Rookie Sports Cards in Clive gives you the best in the world of cards and signed memorabilia. Get into the collecting game with The Rookie for football, baseball, basketball, and hockey cards. From sets to individuals, signed jerseys and helmets, and their weekly bid board. Stop by The Rookie today, 9992 Swanson Boulevard in Clive to rip a pack of cards and have some fun. It's The Rookie Sports Cards in Clive. Family owned since 1970, Kemker's True Value and Rental helps you buy what you want and rent what you need. Get to work on that to-do list with help from Kemker's True Value and Rental. Kemker's has all your hardware needs, plus their rental catalog is perfect for do-it-yourselfers. With two Central Iowa locations to better serve you in Grimes and Huxley, make it Kemker's True Value and Rental. Find out what they can do for you at Kemker'sTrueValue.com. That's Kemker's True Value. Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. It's time for the Urology Center of Iowa audio cut of the day. Could be the ball game. Fourth and one. Allen leans forward, and I don't think he got there. Josh Allen looked like he slipped down. Set up your vasectomy appointment with the Urology Center of Iowa at 515-400-3550 or iowauro.com. All right, welcome back, Miller and Condon. What a play of the day that it was (laughs) as the Bills go down in flames. The Titans, who have the Chiefs this week, put one in the win column. Well, as we talked about going into the break, you can clearly make the case that Oklahoma State and Iowa State is the biggest game uh, on the slate this coming uh, weekend. Let's get Derek Duke in here, Heartland College Sports, where they focus on the Big 12, do a terrific job over there at Heartland College Sports for you Big 12 fans. I'm sure you know about it. If you don't, uh, make sure you check it out. Uh, Derek joins us. Derek, Trent and Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you? Oh, doing pretty good. I'm excited uh, for this week's matchup like you guys are. And as the season continues to unfold, these storylines get bigger and bigger as we start shaping up the Big 12 title race. No doubt about it. We'll get to Oklahoma and the quarterback switch in a second. But I want to start by focusing on the Cowboys uh, and the Cyclones. I'll be honest, Derek, well, I always am. Um, I didn't know about this Iowa State team. They'd beaten Kansas. They'd beaten UNLV. Um you know, and, and, you know, with the teams that they did play in Baylor and, uh, and Iowa went down in flames. Of course, they put you and I in the win column, but man, they opened my eyes with that win against K State. Having said that, watching Oklahoma State, I'm still not sure what to make of this Cowboys team. I don't think Sanders has taken the steps forward that we thought he was going to do. Their defense is clearly better. Where are you on Oklahoma State? What am I missing on the Cowboys? I definitely think they're still one of the top contenders in the Big 12. Obviously, they're a top 10 ranked team right now in the entire country. They're undefeated at 6-0, and but I think you're exactly right on that. I mean, at, up to this point, the best team that they probably played is, is probably either going to be you know Texas or Baylor, depending on how you look at things, but they haven't done it in the conventional way that you're associated with them with the Big 12 or those Mike Gundy offenses back in the old days, so... They're doing it now with defense. Um, they're you know third in scoring defense. They're second in rush defense. They're holding opponents to you know 
under 20 points a game, which is something you don't see every day in this conference. Mm-hmm. Jim Knowles on the defensive side of the football for them, their defensive coordinator, has done an outstanding job. I think he should be up for some, definitely some assistant coach of the year awards when the season's ending because that defense is really right now the heart and soul of that team along with their running game with Jalen Warren. But you kind of hit it on in the beginning there. Spencer Sanders is not the guy who, you know, we talked about going into the season. You know, Mike Gundy was so focused on how much better he was going to be this year, you know, how he's a better leader and all these different things. But when you look at it, he's still the same guy from the previous two years. He keeps turning the football over. Uh, He's shooting his team in the foot. And it's almost like this team is continuing to win in spite of Spencer Sanders and all those turnovers. Um, The other day on College Football Live, I think they said a stat about Spencer Sanders. He has the most turnovers out of any other quarterback in the country since 2019, and it's still continuing to happen. Uh, And if that continues to happen, at some point this team is going to be beaten. It's scary, the offense, and how many limitations that they can have. They can run the football at times with Sanders. I love that get early in his career, and it just has not gotten there, as Ken said. Jim Knowles, what did he do in the second half against Texas? I understand Hudson Carr came in there for a play. Casey Thompson was a little bit banged up, but we love to talk about here in Iowa what Haycock does seemingly every single week, his adjustments at halftime. What did Knowles do to slow down that Texas attack on Saturday? I think they just kind of got their feet a little bit under him. Uh, You know, at the first half of that game, I felt like Oklahoma State was kind of on their heels a little bit. And then when they finally started kind of getting that momentum, and for me, the play that changed that game, Texas was up 17-3, to you know, late in that second half. They're driving. They're about to score a touchdown. And then Jason Taylor uh, takes a pick six to the house. So, to me, that was definitely the turning point in that game. I felt like the momentum completely changed the Cowboys. And then from then on, I mean, they just absolutely shut down Texas. I believe it was like in their last six drives of the game, they held Texas to 14 total yards. And then in the fourth quarter, they're able to hold the Longhorns to just one yard. So, uh, you know, hats off to, to Jim Knowles and that staff because they are playing some great football on the defensive side. Yeah, back-to-back weeks, you're going to see really good running backs, of course, Bajan Robinson, and here comes Brees Hall and company. I'm anxious to get your take on on, on the Cyclones, Derek. Uh, Brock Purdy, I thought, played his best game of his career, which is saying something because he owns 29 school records. You know about Kohler, they found another threat than Jalen Noel, uh, who looks like he's going to be a real nice player before his time is done offensive line is playing well what when you watch Iowa State what do you see or what did you see this past week I saw an offense that really kind of took a step forward and you mentioned with Brock Purdy you know early on in the season we're kind of asking ourselves what's wrong with him you know he doesn't look like the same guy and if if you remember last year kind of at a certain point almost at that Baylor game last year the first half of that game up to that point he really had kind of struggled I think he too like threw like two or three interceptions and then from the second half of that Baylor game on to the Big 12 title game and beyond, he was a completely different quarterback. And I felt like that is the same case this year. Uh, you know, first half of the Baylor game, their Iowa State's down. And then the second half up to this point, I feel like he's playing a lot better football. And, and you know, you mentioned it's probably the best game of his career. And when you look at the stat line, it kind of makes you scratch your head. But he was just really efficient. He was, did a great job on third downs, getting those long drives on K- Kansas State. For me, I think the biggest thing is going to be him. Obviously, we know what Brees Hall can do. He's still one of the best running backs in the entire country. Um, but for me, it's really been the emergence of Brock Purdy this year 
you know, later in games. Yes, he had a slow start. The whole team kind of had a slow start, so to speak. But I felt like he's been getting better and better each week. And I, I want to continue, continue to see that moving forward. And then, I mean, defensively, I mean, what can you say? The first in scoring defense, first in run defense, first in pass defense in the Big 12. Uh, right now they're holding opponents to 16 points per game. I mean, that's just that's crazy in, in the world of college football in 2021 with all these offenses. But they're getting it done on the defensive side of the ball. They're running great with Brees Hall. And if Brock Purdy can continue to play at a high level, this is a very dangerous football team. So now we go to the quarterback spot at Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Caleb Williams takes over. He is the sixth betting choice right now to win the Heisman Already? Trophy. No Heisman winner <laughs> has missed multiple games since Angelo Bertelli won it for Notre Dame in 1943. He missed the last four games because he was Who's going the to the favorite, Marines. Trent? Who's the favorite? Oh, really? He was going to the Marines <laughs> to fight in World War II. Wow. That's how far you have to go back. Your betting favorite right now, uh, two of them, Bryce Young and Matt Corral, yeah. who's banged up. Those two are two to one, but the sixth choice Jeez. is Caleb Williams. And I'll tell you, Oklahoma, from where we were through a month of the season to where we are today, Derek, it feels like a completely different conversation with the Sooners. Absolutely. You know, the first, the first part of the season, you were kind of questioning yourself if this team was even going to make it to a Big 12 title game because they just played so sloppy on the offensive side of the ball. I remember the West Virginia game. They won by a late field goal. Obviously, they had their struggles early on in the Texas game before they made the switch. But for me, I think it kind of not only on the field, but a little bit off the field as well. The leadership qualities that you see in Caleb Williams are something you really didn't see with Spencer Rattler. And as crazy as it sounds, like, yes, they have made completely different strides on offense with Caleb now uh, taking over. But even defensively, you see just the momentum and the energy of this football team. It feels completely different with him at the helm. It's almost like the team around him just kind of rallying around him, and they're just playing better football right now. They look the part right now. Obviously, they still have some things to work on defensively. But what Caleb Williams is doing right now, you don't see many true freshmen just come in and start doing what, what he's doing. You know, he's yet to turn the football over. He's playing great. He's basically doing what he wants out there. Against TCU, I thought he played fantastic. He was really efficient, took care of the football, and that offense just moved up and down the field against the Horned Frogs. And that's not a really easy thing to do against the Gary Patterson coach team, but I felt like he did a great job. If he keeps playing the way he's playing right now, I definitely think he should belong in that Heisman conversation at the end of the year. And the other thing is, like, I don't really think there's a clear-cut candidate favorite right now to me, in my eyes. So I think that's also going to help him moving forward as well. And I certainly do agree with, with that point. So what, what's the future hold for, for Spencer Rattler? Does he go to the NFL? I mean, he was, he's obviously not going to be a, the first overall pick, probably not a first-rounder. Does he, you know, a third or fourth round, is that good enough for him, or does he transfer out and try and, you know, build his stock up again in a new program? What do you see? How do you see that shaking out? You know, after he's really only been a starter for what one year and a few games. You know, the, the earlier this year, but I think he's probably going to have to go back somewhere else if he does transfer out. He's from the state of Arizona. Obviously, uh, the Arizona schools can both use some help right now, especially down in Tucson. Uh, I think they haven't yeah. won a game yet, so they they can definitely use that help from Spencer Rattler. Um, I still think he's got a potential in the NFL. I think he's a talented guy. Uh, maybe maybe a new uh, shakeup of places will, will help him out, but I'm not really sure at this point. But I, if I were him, I'd probably say going back to a different school or going somewhere else would probably be the best option uh, for his draft stock moving forward. We have 30 seconds left. Uh, West Virginia gave Oklahoma everything they wanted. Um, 
what happened? What 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 has happened to this Mountaineers team? Who now, I mean, other than Kansas, might be the worst team in the conference. Without a doubt, I think for West Virginia, just looking at it as an entire picture, I don't think they really have that many problems defensively. For me, it's all on the offense. Jared Daigie is definitely not the guy uh, we thought he was going to be. He's been a starter for almost two full years now. It just not it hasn't happened with him at quarterback. The other thing is their offensive line has just been decimated this year. They played terribly. Believe it or not, right now they're dead last in the conference in rush offense. And when you got a guy like Letty Brown, who we were talking about being an all-conference back going into the year, mm-hmm. um, they're not running the football. And when they're not running the football, it's not helping out Jared Dagey, who needs a lot of help apparently. And right now the offense is just a complete mess. Uh, Derek Duke, enjoyed this. Thank you for doing this for us. We appreciate it. Heartland College Sports, heartlandcollegesports.com. They have the Big 12 covered. Thank you, Derek. No problem. Thank you. Thank you, Derek Duke on the Big 12. Good stuff. I don't think I've spoken with him before. Yeah, I used to have Derek on a lot up the dial, and day job kind of gets in the way sometimes of our time slot, but yeah. I always enjoy when we get to talk to him. It was the Big 12 incredibly well, and he's got a little of that southern drawl to him, yeah. too. Yeah, and, and his forte is football, right? Where yes. Postons is more of a... That's not true with Postons. Postons nope. does football and basketball. Anyways, we will hear from uh, Trent's Play of the Day. Circus Sports sponsors it. There are two baseball games today. NBA gets underway tonight. You can bet the Minnesota Wild with confidence tonight. Oh, really? With absolute utmost confidence. Who do they have? Uh, the most hapless team in that division. Team that's probably going to fire their coach that's off to an 0-2 start that looks like they don't have a clue. I think uh, you know something about them. Is it the Winnipeg Jets? That would be them, yes. They have Remember them. like in June we talked about going up to this game? Was it this game? Yeah, it was this game. I'm glad we're not there. I, I want to watch them instead of covering my eyes. It's bad. <laughs> it's 0-2. It's bad. Look at you. You're already looking at mock drafts in <laughs> no, the NFL. Well, the NFL I can because there's only 17. There are 82 of these, after all, on the ice. By the way, Ben Gislason tomorrow uh, on the Iowa Wild. They've got their season coming up. We're going to give the Wild a little focus uh, tomorrow during the program. We'll be back with Trends Play of the Day. Circus Sports sponsors. It's 1460 KXNO and 106.3. 10 on Local 5. Trent Condon here for the Urology Center of Iowa. Now's your chance to sit on the couch guilt-free all weekend long watching football while you heal after your vasectomy from the Urology Center of Iowa. The doctors there perform my procedure in less than a half hour. Make the call to 515-400-3550. That's 400-3550 and online at iowauro.com. A guilt-free football-watching weekend after your vasectomy. October 22nd. Yes, football season here, but baseball season never ends. Victory Mounds is your ace when it comes to premium baseball and softball products and services. With portable pitching mounds and everything else you need for your indoor facility. Or help this fall getting your field ready for next spring and summer. Victory Mounds Field Consulting Services can help you improve the quality and playability of your field. Go to VictoryMounds.com and stay in the... McAnally for Council. Get in on the action with the world's largest sports book. Right at your fingertips. Circus Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circus Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit circusports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling problem? Since 1955. You remember the last walk-off homer to win the World Series. It's been a while, but the answer is 1993. Do you know when Wolf Roofing started roofing houses? 
That's right, 1993. Wolf Roofing has been around for a long time. For your next roofing project, put the experience of Wolf Roofing on your side. Find them on the web at wolfroofing.net or give them a call at 515-225-8866. Or online, Wolf and that Emery sent you. Trent's Pick of the Day is brought to you by Circus Sports. Download the Circus Sports app today to play with Trent or against him. All right, welcome back. Final minute or so. Murph and Andy at one. The Fanatics at three. Cyclone Insider Radio at six. And I always forget this, and I shouldn't. The Fantasy Football Show with yes. the trio. The KXNO Fantasy Football Show at seven o'clock. So lots of local programming still to come. But right now... It's Trent's play of the day. Baseball, NBA. Yes, yes. NHL. No. Okay, where are you going? We got three plays here tonight. We're going to start late night with the National Basketball Association. Lakers are kind of a mess. Taylor Horton Tucker out for a while with a thumb injury. I'm going to grab the three and a half. I know Clay's not back yet for Golden State. like the three and a half number there on the road in the Lakers. Lakers just look so bad in the preseason. That's what I'm jumping into. No, no, you you were following preseason NBA. I guess you have to if you're playing. If you can play, you got to yeah. do those things. Secondly, uh, we are going to play two in the baseball game today. First, team total, Red Sox, over five and a half. For the Red Sox. For the Red Sox. Seems like that's money in the bank. Five and a half plus 110. The way huh? they're hitting the baseball, Trent. Granky's hasn't been pitched twice since the middle of September. And... I'm also going to play Red Sox to score first and win. Plus 175 on that one. Boy, those feel good. Uh, I, I like it. We shall see how you do. Circus Sports sponsors that. All right, Murph and Addy coming up next. Tomorrow, big day. Cappy will be here. Mitch Holtis will be here with us. Kenny White from KennyWhiteSports.com and Ben Gislason from the Iowa Wild as they get set to drop the puck at home on Friday. We're Miller and Condon. We're here weekdays. From 10 until noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.